Hey, what's up? It's your boy Anthony Cass Clark, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily. Good people of the world, what is up? I hope that all is well, all is well on this side. Today, very special episode lined up for you featuring my guy, my man, my brother, Chef T. Will. Chef T. Will is someone out here who is literally cooking it up, and I mean literally, literally. Chef T has cooked for all sorts of celebrities. He He's cooked for all sorts of people, period. This guy is one of the best chefs I, I've known. He knows his way around the kitchen. This guy is super experienced, and he comes with he comes with a, a mind full of gems, full of life. Chef T is somebody that you want to get to know, somebody that you need to know. And uh, I was just happy to have him in the studio. We sat down, had a very insightful conversation, Talked about his life, his career, just lessons that he's learned over time. And this is just a really insightful conversation. So that's what we do here. Thoughts over coffee. I had a cup of coffee. I took a sip and we got to it. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you Chef T. Wait, 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 wait. Record scratch, record scratch, record scratch. September 21st, Thoughts over coffee live is coming up. Chef T. Will will be on the panel along with a bunch of other panelists that will be soon announced. So uh, make sure you look out for that link coming soon. And uh, I won't bother any longer. So, like I said previously, without further ado, here it is. Chef T. Will. Here we go. Chef T. Will. What's up with you? <laughs> man. So about time. Happened. About time. About time, man. This conversation been going on for a while. Hey, but it's all good, man. I mean, we here. Yes, we are. Finally, man. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you coming out, man. No, nah, no doubt, man. I mean, um, how we met, Chef? At a Black Pepper Food Fest. We met at the Black Pepper Food Fest, yes. Yeah, and yeah I, was I was like, who's that important black man uh, right okay, there? sure, sure, <laughs> all right. Yeah, so I was like, hold on. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I was already, I already was told, like, you know, you were going to be doing that interview uh-huh. after it was over. Right, indeed. And I, I stepped to you, I was like, hey, man, you know what I'm saying, I'm looking food. for such and such and such. You was like... Our relationship started that night. Yep, yep. We yep. just been, you know, like hitting each other up, supporting each other, yeah, and man. Following, and then next thing you know, we had yeah. world famous passing out egg rolls. Man, <laughs> let me tell you, I know this is a strange start to a podcast, but let me tell you about a personality trait of Chef T. Wills that that kind of just tells you all about who he is as a person. Man, we're giving out. Uh, we was working with world famous, one of my clients. And we were doing a pre-grand um, opening giveaway, doing like free egg rolls, free mm-hmm. banana right. pudding cheesecakes, free lemonades. And it's, uh, man, the crowd was literally wrapped around the entire Twice, plaza. Two times. Yeah, it was into the Starbucks drive through It was yeah. insane. And so what we were doing was giving out complimentary drinks and complimentary uh, was it desserts, I believe. Yeah, the cheesecake. Before, before they got to the actual trucks. Mm-hmm. But you gotta remember, it's hundreds of people in line, so we we're going, you know, going back and forth, going back and forth, serving the food up, and uh, Chef T shows up and he's like, "You need help?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but you mighty clean." <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna jump in the trenches." And literally, you jumped in the trenches with me, man. We were sweating up a storm. Oh man! I mean, serving up the people, and you know, you just jumped in. And I was like, man. I told China, I said, "Yo, that's me, man. You need to talk to T because this dude's a good dude, man." That's me, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? I see you broke down the side of the street. I'm going to help you push your car out the street. Yeah, my man. That's just me. Yeah. So, I mean, man. you know, I don't, 
what the you know how I've gotten this far. You know, we've all had our ups and downs, mm-hmm. challenges in life, mm-hmm. mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's life. But when you have a heart, you have a good heart, right. and you put that good heart in the right place, man. You know, doors open up for you. So. You know that we already had that relationship. Yeah, I'm like, hold up, man. Let me get one of those containers. Man, you help Let me, me get out one of so them two-inch, them four-inch hotel pans full of lemonade, <laughs> and we gonna do it. We are gonna make it happen. And then this is the most important thing. He opened up something in my city, right? Miami Gardens, right? Let's support him, right? I don't care if he don't look like us. Right. I don't care if he came from Broward or whatever the case may be. He feet in our city, right? You know, and it's packed. So we need more people like that, you know? Right. So, yeah. I appreciate that, man. Um, so let's give a little description of who you are. They're, they're hearing your voice, but they're like, yo, who is this dude? <laughs> you know? Chef T. Will is obviously a chef. Yes. Uh, would you consider yourself a celebrity chef? No. No? Nah. I mean, you've I cooked mean, for celebrities. I've cooked. I consider myself as being... Um, a culinary, um, how would you say it? Scientist. <laughs> a culinary <laughs> scientist, a culinary, you know what I'm saying? Or, But a, a person with a passion mm. for what they do. Okay. okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And celebrity came behind it and people was like, no, nah, man, you know, you should use, you know, you're a celebrity or whatever. But I felt at some point I hadn't gotten to that status mm. to where I can call myself a celebrity chef just because... I've worked for a couple of celebrity, you know, athletes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel the need to say I'm a celebrity chef, mm. you know, because I feel I hadn't paid my dues ah. to be considered as a celebrity chef, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can call me whatever they want to call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you can, just can you disclose what celebrities you have cooked for? Um, yeah. I guess I can. Sure. Um, I mean, if you if you feel comfortable with it. Well, I mean, I've cooked for uh, like a couple of athletes. You know, doing um, you know, shout out to my man. You know, uh, Chef R L I. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the um. Is he Wade's the brother? Uh, Wade chef. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's the brother. That's the friend. Mm-hmm. That's the homie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 the everything to the point where he opened that door for me. Okay. You know, I remember. You know, as far as like dropping off meals to a lot of athletes at UM, he gave me that. Uh-huh. He gave me three of them. Mm-hmm. You know, this you. You know, like Antrell Roll and uh, um, Michael Orr, a um, couple other, you know, athletes. And then the door opened where Bosch needed a chef. Mm-hmm. And they connected, they hooked it up, and he made it happen. Mm-hmm. So that actually really started my career Chris as Bosch. a private chef. Yeah, Chris as okay. a private chef. But it was something that I've prayed for, though, mm-hmm. years ago. So I planted the seed. Mm. And he always used to see me grinding, doing my thing. He was like, dude, man, you know what I'm saying? When I get straight, I'm going to go ahead and, like, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to look out, right. which he's always done that. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how that's how all that got started. Okay. Well, let's yeah. take it back. Let's take it back because this is Thoughts Over Coffee. I got my coffee. You know I, what? I offered you something. <laughs> yeah, you offered me the coffee, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a coffee, yeah, drinker. Yeah, but so let's 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 t- take it back. Where are right, where are you from, Chef? Born and raised in Miami. Miami, Carroll City. 
Carroll City, Opelika, now Miami Gardens. Yes, now Miami yeah. Gardens. <laughs> All right, so what? where's the passion for food come from? It came from my grandmother and my okay. mom and my dad. Mm. It came from my aunts and my uncles. It came from family. Mm. So my dad was the first one that ever taught me how to use a knife at like six years old. Your father right. was in the kitchen? My dad was in the kitchen, man. My dad, my dad was one of them type of like Friday night cooks. Okay. Saturday morning breakfast cook. Mm. And on Friday nights, for years as a kid growing up, his favorite dish to make was fried butterfish, butterfly, mm. skillet fried potatoes, mm-hmm. avocado and tomatoes on the side with a salad. That was his Friday night meal. Friday night meal. Oh, he'll fry kingfish. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't know about kingfish, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'll fry kingfish, or sometimes he'll smother it, like stew it down in tomatoes. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, man. And listen, <laughs> the next day, you pull that out of the refrigerator because you got about like five or six more pieces left, uh-huh. and you make a pot of grits. Right. <laughs> you got you a meal, boy. You got you a meal after that right there. Right. All right, so. So, yeah, that's what You see him cooking. From. You seen your mother cooking? My you mom, your grandma, grandmother, cooking? yeah. So wh- where's the passion come from? Like, because you do, you have a real passion for food. Cause you gotta remember, cooking is not easy. No, it's not. Being in the kitchen is not. It's a demanding job. It is tiresome. I, I can only begin to imagine the struggles of being in the kitchen like that, like right, professional. Yeah, but I didn't know what it took behind the scenes working in the kitchen. Of course, at a young age. So not. I just knew that when my mom dropped me off to my grandmother's house when I was a little kid, because mm-hmm. she had to go to work, I was like, you know, my, all I heard say, T, you hungry? And next thing you know, she like, come on and eat. I'm like, well, dog, she just walked out the room. Right. She had that gas stove in there, man. Mm-hmm. So now I'm curious, like, that do that? Uh. Cast iron skillet. That do that? Mm-hmm. You frying chicken with lard? I mean, what is lard? You know, so I'm watching all this. So I say the passion really came for me in high school because I needed a job and I was in work experience. And the teacher sent me to this little delicatessen in Miami. And um, right now it's like on 441 and like 7th Miami Gardens Drive. It was called Bambi's, little Jewish delicatessen. But, you know, uh, it was a job. So I started off as a dishwasher. So as I'm doing the dishwashing and whatever, of course, a lot of chefs start off like that because that's our opportunity. So the opportunity came where, you know, he, he um, I was connecting with the chef and he gave me my opportunity to start like doing some prep. So I started prepping. And next thing you know, he was like, man, you need a job. I give you a job at Howard Johnson's. Mm-hmm. That's what we remember with Howard Johnson and Golden yeah. Glades back in the days. Uh-huh. So he gave me a job there. And I was running the whole buffet by myself in the mornings. That's the first place where I learned how to check in inventory when the inventory came in off the truck. Right. First place I learned how to like, you know, set up my whole buffet or whatever. So I just got intrigued by all that. And that was just a buffet. So I went through all that, started working at like, after I got out of high school, I started working at produce companies. So I've always been around food. Right. I've always been around stuff dealing with food, even coming from growing up. And um, I just felt like it wasn't nothing else out there for me to do. 
I told my dad one day, I mean, he was like, man, won't you go and try to find something else and this and that? I said, man, I'd rather get burnt by hot grease, man, than to go and do that. Mm-hmm. I said, because I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Because one, I love feeding people. Right. I love seeing people enjoy something that I created. Right. Turning something from a, a raw product right. into something that's cooked and edible and delicious. Right. So tell me this, right? So... So you graduated high school, mm-hmm. and you, you know, kind of looking for things to do, I guess, but you decide that you want to be a chef, right? So some a lot of people jump into like line cook positions. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, I've done all that. Yeah, your local restaurants and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? So how do you, what's what's the difference between you deciding to be a line cook and then you deciding to be a, a chef? Like, what does it take to become a chef? Well, one, they say you have to go to school. A lot of chefs never went to school. They never stepped foot in the school. They were taught, self-taught, or they learned by, you know, um, being placed like if it was in a hotel or just placed under good leadership, under a good chef, you know, and that chef trained them to learn to do what they're doing. So it's like going into a, a, a job and they'd be like, okay, we have line cook positions open. So a line cook is going to maintain a station. Mm. A line cook going to maintain grill, saute, pantry, um, he's going to maintain um, desserts mm-hmm. or whatever it is, especially if it's in a, just a free, you know, uh, a brick and mortar. You know, if it's in a hotel, mm-hmm. most of the time it's the same thing, but then now you got banquets, you got overnight, you got all that, right, you know, right. different entities inside the hotel. So you learn that station. You, 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 that's your station. So if I'm on grill, nobody touching grill, you know what I'm saying, except that second man that's coming in after me mm-hmm. or that guy that was there before me. So right. I'm maintaining my station. Right. So the chef... When, you know, you can get hired to work on the line as a line cook and be considered as a chef mm. because of the time you put in either in school or the experience you have that you can be considered yourself as a chef. Right. And most of the times, you know, you have a lot of people out here nowadays and I'm a, you know, I, I ain't going to go too far, uh-huh. but Take you have shots. people call themselves, Take Take you shots. got, you got people that call talk themselves talk, chefs. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, let <laughs> me sit up then. You got people out there that call themselves chefs, you know what I'm saying? And not, but I give them their props. You know why? Because they out there trying. So I'm not finna sit up here and put my foot on nobody's neck because they say, you know what? I'm a chef, but you know what? Show me, mm. prove it to me. Mm. Clean up your gram. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Don't say you're a chef and then you got oodles of noodles on there. You know what I'm saying? And then this big piece of dog on celery and this big piece of carrot, yeah. and you'd be like, voila. All right, so, all right, to kind of kind of divert really quick, go off subject really quick. But I, I need your help with this tea. I, 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 I am so grateful that you're here to answer this question <laughs> for me. Why do Instagram chefs? Sprinkle parsley on everything. <laughs> hey, I used to be that guy. <laughs> I used to be that guy. And you know what? What is it? What it's is funny, it with right? parsley? It's funny you say that, right? Because it's like a garnish. But it's funny you say that because I was doing that I was doing that years ago, man, and Richard, right? Richard, my boy, he was like, Why the hell you put parsley on everything? <laughs> I was like, cause it looked pretty. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at my Instagram, like way, 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 way at the bottom, uh-huh. you'll see garnish of like you know parsley leaves or whatever. I think I'm gonna need to go in there and clean that up too. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, because when you when you were like when you were trained, because this is what you go back to classical. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you were trained classical, 
they'll put garnishes on their like now you see garnishes of microgreens now. Mm-hmm. So parsley is not the 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 the, the your uh no, your go to garnish anymore. Right. But unless it's chopped up really, really fine uh-huh. and it's not an Italian it's not a like a flat leaf parsley because uh-huh. you got the curly parsley which you chop it up really, really good, yeah. you can garnish that all over something, mix it in something. I mean now it's gonna give it fluorescence inside the you know right. in between either like noodles or if it's like Alfredo or right. you know, whatever the case may be. But yeah, yeah. That okay. that parsley, you know what? And I get pissed off when people put on my plate, orange slice uh-huh. and parsley, or orange slice and kale, mm-hmm. like ripped off piece of kale. Yeah, I'm like, why the hell they put this shit on my plate? <laughs> right, right, I don't need this. So you right. know what, I get it. But right. back in the days, it was almost like, oh, that job looked pretty cool. You right. know what I'm saying? But, but you're in the know though. Right. So if I see that now, and which I see a lot of it now, with again the people that say that they're chefs, they just need to know. That that's not that's not it no more. So you have to kind of like catch up with where we are right now, right? You know, and stop being so cliche. Right. Okay. Cool. I didn't mean that hurt <laughs> and go away. I was off that subject. guy. I was but that I had guy. To ask, I see Instagram chefs doing it all the time, and I'm just like, why are we doing this? What is it with all this parsley? I seen somebody put parsley in a strawberry. On top of like a steak. No, 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 yeah, no, no, but no, anyway, no. See, you right. ain't you ain't about to see nah. I'm sorry. Now you know you know violent. Now you sorry. know what? Let me get your what's the name of that what's the name of that car? Let me get your uh let me get your food handlers car. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on though. Let me get your food handlers car. All right. So you're working in various restaurants. Right. What's the goal? What is what is the ultimate goal for you at that point? The ultimate goal for me when I worked in various restaurants was not to go in there. And, get, and, and, and apply for a position as a line cook. I never wanted to just go in there being a line cook. I've always applied for management positions. Mm-hmm. Sous chef. But as far as being an executive chef, I knew that I didn't want to go that far because I knew, one, I can get the same pay. I mean, I can get, the, I can get paid as a sous chef and I can do less hours. I can do something else because I was working towards a goal of doing my own thing. So, but I did still get got the experience as an executive chef because they 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 taught they teach you mm-hmm. things that you might not know when you step into that position mm-hmm. as a sous chef. Because most sous chefs, depending on where you go, they step you step in, they always expect you to know everything that's going on. Right. Like, hey, I hired you. You you, <laughs> you, you, you it's just literally plug and play. You just been to hop in and handle. yeah. And I've been actually hired in a sous chef position. I was like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, right. okay. Put your big boy pants on, man. You know what I'm saying? String up your laces. Let's go. Right. And I'm talking about a lot of late nights, long hours, mm-hmm. and, you know, getting in there. You actually dealing with a bunch of egos. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's You want to touch on that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, this show is all about entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. So I think when you're dealing with any company or anything that you're trying to build in life, if you're a creative and you're just building some kind of concept and you need a team, mm-hmm. right, or you're a business owner, and you're an entrepreneur, you're building a business, you're trying to build a team, egos come into play. Right. We just did an episode with uh, featuring Oprah about the ego, and Oprah was stating about how conquering the ego, there is no such thing as conquering the ego, mm-hmm. there's something as controlling Control the right? ego, right. But it takes you, it takes someone who is aware that their ego is not them, right? So it's two different people. It's your ego mm-hmm. and you. Right. 
But when your ego takes over, it's really hard to separate yourself from your ego. It's, right? it's very hard. Like she gave an example of how she arrived somewhere and the people, the, uh, the videography team was supposed to be there or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they were late. Mm-hmm. And immediately, she was like, they're late? Like, do you know who I am? Right. I'm Oprah. But then she thought about like, wait, wait, Oprah. Maybe they got in a traffic jam. Maybe something happened. It's not all about me. You right, know what I mean? Right. So, okay. Considered. So, we're talking about egos though, right? So, you jump in the kitchen. Kitchen's mm-hmm. full of egos. You got people who, I know what I'm doing. I've been here for five years. You just got here last week. How are you going to tell me what to do? And and, and, and and being a new kid on the block, you walking in because now you have to manage these guys mm-hmm. or young ladies or whoever you want to whoever you want to say. So, now, you're looking at like, you got this person right here. That's not listening to you. Right. So, what you do, you delegate. Mm-hmm. You figure it out. Now you got to bring everybody into. You know what I'm saying? Then I, I like I like using this. I got to make these niggas walk. I got to make them march to my beat. Right. And that's what you have to do. You can't go in there. Hey guys, come here. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to just like, you know, do this right here. And more be like, hey, today this is what's going down. Right. We got service starting at five o'clock. You know, this is the menu. This is specials. You know, you you rounding everybody up. So it's like you know, you got to have that voice. Right. And then once you get them, then you can tone it down a little bit because you're trying to reach the ego. You're trying to reach the egos. Mm-hmm. You're trying to reach the people that's gonna be a little more like, hey, this thing get out of my face, man. Mm-hmm. I ain't. So one, you can't be an a hole. Mm-hmm. That's one because if you go in there being a hole, they already won. Y'all clashing. And mm-hmm. I've ran into that plenty of times, man. You can't run to the chef or, you know what I'm saying, run to the owner mm-hmm. and be like, oh, they're not listening to me. And that's such your job. That. No, that's my job. Right. Chef, like, man, listen, figure it out. Mm-hmm. So that's when, you know what I'm saying? So I started out expoing. Expo. What's that? Expediting is like when I'm on, we're on the opposite side of the window. Okay. So you got your line cooks on on that side. Right. Expo, I'm, I'm I'm actually receiving the food, right. making sure, and I'm I got the tickets in front of me. Right. So I'm making sure that you know what ticket order, you know, what I'm saying the food is coming out twelve minute twelve minute ticket time. If right. that's what those standards are, right. And um, making sure that all the food come out properly. Make sure it's come out hot. Make sure you know what I'm saying the plate white. You know, right, right, right. All that. I'm giving it to my servers, and then I let them go. Right. And um, I started off doing that, man. And man, we got this term called uh, in the weeds. Okay. And when I say I wasn't in the weeds, I was in the jungle. Uh-huh. The tickets was like I'm talking about. And this was this this um, one of my good good chef friends, man. He the, actually the owner of uh, Aruba Beach Cafe. Oh, I've heard about. A lot of there about the sea. That's where I first started out at. Wait, Aruba Beach Cafe. Yeah, that's what that was man, my first. Man, I just went there the other day for the first day. The yeah, first time. yeah. Let yeah, me yeah. know, man. I got my boy Luca there. He'll hook you up. Yeah, I had the uh, chef the Chris Nellen, man. That's my guy there. over there. Had that grilled wings. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah okay. Still a hot spot. Yeah. You go up in there, it's in the cut. I mean, as soon as you open the doors, you're right there on the sand. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful spot. Hey, shout out to cousin Lenny. Cousin Lenny took me there. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah, Lenny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> know his know his know where to go get good food from. Yeah. And you know, Chris opened that up because it's more it's like tropical, it's Caribbean. Mm-hmm. You know, you got that like that that whole Floribian thing going mm-hmm. on over there. But yeah, so at first I had started out over there and it was just like this little white dude, man. Short guy, you know what I'm saying? But he was experienced. He was seasoned. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at him like, okay, you know what? Like, damn, who's this little dude, man? You know what I'm saying? Because he was like orchestrating the kitchen, mm-hmm. like a symphony, like, shoom, you know, like mm-hmm. he got his little wand out and these guys listening to him. 
you know, when he called out something, da 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 yes, chef, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, they, 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 you know, they got their thing going on. So I'm like, I can do this? I'm like, yeah, I can do this. So, you know what I'm saying? Maybe like one or two days went by, and he was like, all right, Terrence, the window yours. I'm like, huh? He said, the window yours. I'm like, all right. So I had my pencil in my ear. I'm looking at the guys. They got their back turned to me, so they trying uh, me, right? Right, right. So I'm like, guys, walking in, we got such and such. That. <laughs> they didn't turn around. They didn't say nothing to me. <laughs> so, so I'm like. How, so how do you deal with resilience? Like, hey, I, I mean, I just say, you know what? Hey, I say, guys, listen. I'm on the I'm on the window. I'm exploring, so you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna need y'all help, man. And they was like, You need our help? Well then you need to talk to us like you need our help. You know what I'm saying? They were Haitians too. Mm-hmm. And them dudes do not play. They had already been there about like five, six years. Mm-hmm. But that they were trying me, it wasn't like they was doing it on purpose. I mean, you know, they were they were cool after that. So, you know what I'm saying? Once they saw that I got the hang of it. That's when they was like, oh, we like you, man. You all right, man. You coming back tomorrow? I was like, yeah. They was like, oh, damn. Because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you can't hold their food up. As right. an export, you got to be able to say, you know, like your window can't get flooded. Right. You got to be able to get that food out the window and everything. And then one important thing that you need to know is the menu. Because mm. you cannot expedite if you don't know the menu because you don't know what's coming at you. Right. So You can ma- see it on the ticket, right. but you be like, damn, what the hell is a fruity tamari? Right. I ain't never heard of a fruity tamari in my life. So I'm looking at him like, hey, chef, what's a fruity tamari? And he was like, I don't know. Go where your menu at. You, you ain't never look at the menu or right. whatever. So now I'm watching saute everything off. So you, you, this is applies to business. You can't ask someone to exactly. do what you don't know. <clears throat> exactly. That's why you need to know forward, all positions. Moving forward, anytime I used to give, give an interview, I said, chef, I want to be able to do things the way you want them done, even if you're not here. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to, you know, like to make those make those things happen. Right. So I got the hang of it. I mean, it started working for me. I, I, I mean, I, I was controlling the kitchen. Next thing I know, I was the, I was the one I was orchestrating. Yeah, right. I mean, so it was like I learned the menu. So I knew Fruity Damari came off of saute. Everything that dealt with pasta came off saute. Mm-hmm. Or you might have a couple of sides. So you know, you you learn it. Right. And you know, again, you know, like I said, dealing with those egos, man. You just gotta learn. You just gotta actually go in and just, you know, you pretty much gotta play the game. Right. You okay. gotta be like, you know, what I'm saying, like, okay, nigga, you got an ego. I got an ego too. Right. You know, what I'm saying, but they can see how big, you know, what I'm saying how big yours is. Right. Right. You know. Right. But you know, you just gotta just let them know that. Listen, you know, what I'm saying, you can't just push me over. But see, ego is such a. It's such a great thing, well, also a bad thing, right? But you have to you know. You can tone it down. You got to know when to use your ego. When to use it, right. Because your ego is a great weapon. Right. Great weapon. Exactly. But it's also a two-edged, it's a double-edged sword. Double-edged sword. You end up yeah, stabbing yeah. yourself with your ego. Yeah, you got to get you in trouble. You'll bleed, if you, you know what I'm saying, if you don't handle it the right yeah, way. Yeah, but you got to know how to how to use that ego. Because like you said, right, you knew when to fight back mm-hmm. with your ego, but right. also knew when to pull it back and say, all right, let me calm that ego down and use my logical sense and work situation out. Exactly. Okay. Got it. So, let's fast forward a little bit. At what point do you, I guess, um, get hired for uh, Chris Bosch? What were you What were you doing when that happened? And like, what was that feeling? That feeling like? Man, it was like like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, man. And Rich had called me, and he was like, "Hey, you up?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm up." And he was like, "Man, he said I got some for you. I got some good news for you." I was like, "Okay, what's that? I'm still half sleep." Man, when he told that, when he told me that, all I did was say, you know what, Lord, thank you. Mm. Right. I just said, Lord, thank you. I said, because I always prayed 
and always said that I wanted to try out being a private chef because mm-hmm. I've always worked in corporate. I've always worked in hotels and restaurants, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was getting tired of it. Right. You know, I'm working for other people. In this fashion, I want to know what that life is all about. Right. And, man, once you get a taste of that life, you do not want to go back, man. So what is that like? Do you have to move in with the person, or is that like, are you, like, on call? No. you. you I mean, depending on the client. Okay. Most clients want you to move in with them. Most clients don't, you know. I was, I was local. Mm-hmm. So they take me, you know, nothing to take a 20-minute drive to the beach. Okay. And, um, you know, be there at 7.15 in the morning if he had a, if it was a morning that he had to be to the to the arena. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if it was a game day and he had to be to the arena at a certain time, mm-hmm. he'd get home about 12, food to be ready. Then I had, like, 10 other people that I had to feed that was part of the house. Okay. From nannies to, you know, assistants right. and stuff like that. So it was a business. Right. Yeah, but wow. that feeling, that feeling was an awesome feeling, man. Like I said, all I did was like say, Lord, thank you, mm-hmm. and you know. So yeah, so that 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 was more like one of the biggest like blessings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Besides having, you know, what I'm saying my kids, man. You know, what I'm saying that God blessed me with, man. You know, what I'm saying because I look at like, you know, that 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 having that faith, right. you gotta have that faith, man. You know, what I'm saying like that's what really impact my life you know god is is my everything man right you know and i you know i at one point i share this story because at one point i got away from it mm-hmm. and i discovered I, I experienced church hurt mm-hmm. so it was like okay. it just Oof. took a toll on me yeah and i think I, we talked about did yeah we, talk we, about we spoke that? about it yeah but off the mic of course off the mic but yeah yeah on the phone it, one day yeah, yeah for people who maybe you know don't attend church or non-religious people what Chef T is mentioning is something called a church hurt. Church mm-hmm. hurt is, you know, you went, you've been going to church, uh, and then you have a bad experience with a patron, I mean, uh, a fellow church member, right? That church member may be gossiping about you. That church member may just do something to rub you the wrong way, right? And you go into this place of, yo, we supposed to be Christians, we mm-hmm. supposed to be in the church together. How could you do something like that to me? And then that one experience turns you off from the entire church. Yeah. And especially like when you think those people are close to you. Yes. So it takes you even a far away. And I mean, I know we're getting on the spiritual thing because that's important to me. But we're leading into the story. <clears throat> right. So it's like, especially when you feel like the the, the, the people that, that, that go there, you know, is, is supposed to be there to help guide you, especially if you're still a babe in the in, in the word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you're trying to, you know, like, you know, figure out, you know what I'm saying, like what this is. This is new. This is you, ministry is all about. Right, yeah. Right, right. So here it is. Now you get, you're looking at the people that's close to you like, I can't believe they just said that or they can't believe they just did that. Like, this is what church all about? Right. You know, no wonder I ain't been here in so long. But they always say, you know, you're supposed to come there and receive the word for yourself. But it's hard when you got individuals around you that you feel like they're in the pulpit or they're in the, on a ministry preaching or doing something for the ministry. And you be like, man, I cannot believe that they. P of it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Their life is all jacked up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, you don't judge people. But at the same time, man, you know what I'm saying? You're still supposed to be able to, like, if I call you, pick up the phone or call me back, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It went all the way to the point where, where I was going. My mom passed, and I ain't hear from nobody. Wow. And I'm talking about these was people who I used to, like, go out above and beyond to feed, to, you know what I'm saying, like, to do anything for because 
you know me. We talked about that before. What I said, if I see you get a flat, you know, you knowing me, mm-hmm. know that you know what I'm a man. That's you know what I'm saying. That's that guy that got a you know what I'm saying a good character. Right. I'm a, you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna do whatever it take. I ain't perfect, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna you know you know do my part. But right. that church hurt turned me into when I started when I was when I started with um with Chris. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize exactly what. You know, religion, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't get into all that with other people. Right. You do your thing. But I had wound up getting into Buddhism and, and you know, and, and, and meditation and crystals and, you know what I'm saying, getting into all that, you know, everything, you know, going to a temple mm-hmm. and everything and not knowing that that's what he was into. Mm-hmm. So I felt there was a connection. I felt that, like it was something that, that, was, that was there for me. And then I just got more and more involved in it, even though that's something that we didn't do together, mm-hmm. but it was still... The energy mm-hmm. was circulating through, you know, what I'm saying the, right. the circle. Right, right. But um, so I picked that up mm-hmm. for the longest, mm-hmm. and but I still prayed. You know, I still I felt like God was, you know, what I'm saying still my all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I felt still felt like, you know, what I'm saying God opened doors. I still felt like, you know, what I'm saying because that's that's the first that's my first love. God is my first but, love. But that's who God is, though. Yeah, because right. no matter what you do to turn your back on Him or walk away. He won't do, or he'll find a way to bring you back too. That's a fact. So, okay, I, I share that too. He brought me back. All right, because you know what? He, I share. I had that valley experience. Mm-hmm. You can't get too high to the point where you know what you don't think that you know you can be brought down low. So, so what happens? So tell me what happened. What, what what led you to the valley moment? What led me to the valley moment is when I got that job stripped from me. Oh, how did that happen? Consequences and repercussions. (laughs) (laughs) Can you disclose what happened, or not? Not 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 so much, but just know that I was put in the position to the point where I did a little too much than I probably should have. Okay. Being caught up. Mm, I see. And it's easy to happen. Yeah, for sure. And if I can rewind the tape. Uh Trust me, it wouldn't have happened again. Yeah. You understand what well, I'm you saying? Live and you learn, though. You're right. You live and you learn because, one, what I did have was genuine love for my clients. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they trust me with their kids. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, at the house. You know, just, you know, I built that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, by the the individual who put me with them trusted me more like, you know what I'm saying? That, like, you're a brother to me. Right. So I had to go through so much when that happened. To the point where, you know what, I just prayed about it all these years, all those years. And God mended back one of the relationships. But he said, like, you had to go through that. Mm-hmm. You had to go through that. I'm wondering, like, I'm questioning God, like, why? You know what I'm saying? Why you took this from me? Like, what happened? Right. Like, I had to take it from you. You know what I'm saying? I had to show you that you're not above me. Mm-hmm. I had to show you that you're not going to worship no other idols. Mm-hmm. You're going to give me the glory. Right. And then doors start opening, man. It got to the point where I start Ubering, man. I ain't had no job. Wow. People don't know my struggle. Right. But I never, I never, I never put, I did put my head down, but I had good people in my corner that say, man, listen, hey, this ain't nothing but a season, man. You know what I'm saying? Get up off your ass and, you know what I'm saying, and get back out there. So, so what are you thinking during this season while you're Ubering and things like that? What are you thinking? That this ain't life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then on the other hand, you know what I'm saying, that, that other the angel on the right shoulder was like, yeah, this life, this is what you have to go through at this point because you know what? It's not going to last long. Mm-hmm. 
And then I started getting jobs. I started working for the Publix family, family that owned Publix. You know what I'm saying? I get oh, a wow. phone call from them to the point I was on my last, I was on my last couple of dollars. I'm in an apartment that I couldn't afford. Mm. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And man, out of nowhere, man, it's like God just blessed me, man. Right. I started working for them, man, traveling back and forth to Lakeland, mm-hmm. working for them, and then I started, I got with a like baseball. Like a private chef type job? Private chef for, yeah, well, how, for the Jenkins family. Right, how does that happen? How do you start working for the public family? Dude, it's, it's, it's about who you know. Mm-hmm. That, that seed was planted because I was connected with um, an individual inside the Heat organization. She knew somebody that knew the public family who was looking for a chef, and then they contact her. She contacted me, mm. and she was like, you know, I brushed it off because I didn't know what it was. I even told the guy, oh, I found me a little job. I was about to go and work up at this little soul food restaurant in Pembroke Pines, and he was like, but I got your name and number and everything on my desk, and I was just trying to figure out, like, I thought it was a hotel because it said Terrence something or whatever, and I was like, well, my name is Terrence. He was like, well, how did I get your information? So we started trying to connect the dots, and I was like, well, anyway, who is this for? He was like, well, I can't really say who it's for, but um, I'll just go ahead and leave her your information. Man, the daughter of Mr. Jenkins, the CEO, founder of Publix, she called, the oldest daughter, she called me one night I was sitting at the crib. Wow. And she was like, is this Terrence? I was like, yes. I was like, who is this? Right. <laughs> no, who this? <laughs> <laughs> who this? No, I was sitting there watching something. I was sitting there watching TV one night, man. You know, just, I mean, I was in the, I was in the apartment, you know what I'm saying, just chilling, you know what I'm saying, because I was like, I was still depressed. Right. And I was like, yes, who is this? And she was like, well, this is Julie Jenkins. And I was like, who? Julie Jenkins. And then I mean, stopped putting two together. I was like, I said, hey, how you doing? Don't you love when the voice Yeah, y'all jumped up top of my shoes. We put my belt back on. I was like, man, we talked for an hour and a half, man. Wow. About nothing about why you called me to hire me. Wow. We talked about life. We talked about uh, eat right for your blood type. We, we talked about her life. We talked about all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, how fast could you get up here to Lakeland? I got a house here for you, ready to go. This is what we're going to pay you. I say, ma'am, did you realize what you said you was going to pay me? She said, yeah, I, I know what, you, what, what I said. I was like, are you serious? Man, I packed the bag that night. Out. I was gone. <laughs> and it was a beautiful experience, though, you know what I'm saying, because it's on my resume. Right. Yeah. Wow, so, wow, wow. Yeah, so God is good, man. Yes, he is, all the time. God is good. So, you know what I'm saying? Just when you think that you're out the race, mm. yeah, you know what I'm saying? He'll, he'll, he'll come through for you, man. My little brother posted something today. On my way here, I read it. It was like, you know what I'm saying? Just when you think that, you know what I'm saying, like things are not happening for you, God will come through. Right, right. So let's talk about where you are today. Um, fast forward. So I met you at, I actually saw you at the Lauder Hill uh, it was like a Lauder Hill, some kind of food festival Lauder, the city of Lauder Hill had. And you were doing a demonstration there. And then uh, shout out to Joel. Joel, one of the founders of Lauder Hill. Oh, we were fest. at the uh, Sola. Yeah, Sola, yes. Yeah. So Joel said, oh, that's Chef T. And I said, who's Chef T? And he said, bro, trust me. <laughs> Try, he can cook. So we were watching you do the demonstration. And then... Um, he ended up contacting you, I guess, for Black Pepper Food Fest. And right. So I, I saw you at Black Pepper Food Fest. Me and my uncle, 
my uncle and I, shout out to Uncle Chris, we were sitting in the back behind the uh, behind the stage and we were watching you cook. And then my uncle said, man, I'm going to get some of that food. <laughs> I said, how are you going to do that? He said, what? That's a brother. I can talk to him. He's he going to let me get some samples. <laughs> and yep. sure enough, you walked over. You started talking and you gave us, I believe it was, uh, what, what were you making? Some kind of waffle, like a bacon waffle or something like that. What was it? You were doing like a cornmeal bacon waffle. It was something crazy. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, it was delicious. Uh, and I don't eat pork. But <laughs> so it was, it was delicious. Um, so you and I started you and I started talking a little bit. And then uh, we, kind of, we I think we shared information and right. on the phone. So long story short, you've just been busy. You've been doing festivals and all kinds of things like that. I've been seeing a lot of video content from you on Instagram. Looking incredible. Thanks, so what's man. up? What are, you, what are you doing now and where are you going? Well, where I am right now is, I mean, I'm still in that mode, that mode, as far as anything that come my way, you know, especially if it makes sense, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm going out there, I'm staying on the grind as far as staying afresh with what, you know, my skills are, so I jumped into trying to do a little consulting mm-hmm. at this point, and uh, one of the major things that we're working on, me and my brother, and my sister, you know what I'm saying? We we trying to get this golf tournament back on the ground. So yes, I'm trying indeed. to do things in the community. And I'm I'm um every day I'm praying on the nonprofit, but at the same time I'm just attaching myself to one right now. Mm-hmm. But the uh Chef Terrence R. Williams Senior uh golf tournament will be taking place. It was supposed to take place July thirteenth. It didn't happen, but you know, we postponed it and we're gonna uh kick it back off in April. Mm-hmm. And uh and we gotta uh, we gotta um, do a couple of more, you know, revising and trying to get these sponsors, man, to come out and deal with folks and stuff. I mean, deal with different folks like that. And it's for the kids, you know. I I talked about it. I pitched it to a lot of folks, and you know, I guess if you're not if you don't have that big name attached to it, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out like what it's for. But the city of Miami Gardens, I mean, you know, we have a lot of kids. And all they know is football. Right. We want. I want to introduce them to something, something else. else. I right. grew up on a golf course. Mm-hmm. I was like 12, like 11, 12 years old. And my uncle was in position. Shout out to my uncle, Herman K. Williams. I mean, he's the founder CEO of uh, FCA. He's retired now. But when he did that, when he did that, it was more like he was opening up a door to something different. Right. And I felt like, you know what, I want to carry on that legacy. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be looking at, like, you know, like the spring, between the spring of next year and, you know, between the spring and summer of next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we reached out to a couple of golf courses um, within the last couple of days, last week. And um, we're just looking for it to be successful. So just look out for that content. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be posting it. I posted a lot of it on my, on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, got a lot of help from the culture, chef culture. And um, we're looking to, you know, like to get everybody back involved. And again, you know, I'm a part of uh, Chef Culture with my boy Chad Cherry, mm-hmm. Karen Cherry. Uh, thank you for them being able to open up that door right. because it's that that networking type right. uh, organization mm-hmm. where, you know, you can still have your own business, but you can still be able to, you know, get business right. through the culture. So it's like if I need something and I need individuals or bodies, I can go ahead and do that, you know, as well. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, and, and don't forget, Chef T. Will will be at Thoughts Over Coffee Live. 
Oh man, I can't wait for that oh, right there, man. So that's another thing I got going on. Yes, I mean, indeed. like doing something like this podcast right here, and you know, attending events, man. Yo, matter of fact, at the um, the Chef Culture, the uh, yeah. State of Black Food, man. That that was like one of the. Uh, it was a great event, great mm-hmm. event, man. So I was able to kind of like show off, like you know, what I'm saying like Happy Chef line, right? You know, a lot of co- a couple of the pieces that you know they provide for me, like you know my bags and my chef coats. And different things like that, man. So, you know, Chef Culture actually, you know what I'm saying, in my time of need in the last couple of months, man, they actually, like, helped me out mm-hmm. a lot. You know, passing me little gigs, right. you know, allowing me to be a part of uh, the uh, Food and Wine Festival because, you know what I'm saying, Chad wasn't able to attend it. And, I mean, he was he was gracious enough to say, hey, T, you know what I'm saying, can you hold that down for me? Mm-hmm. And that made my second year doing, you know, uh, Food and Wine Festival. The first year I did it, you know, Chris and I did a cooking competition against Shane Battier and another chef. Mm. Uh, Shane Battier cooks? Well, he it was like a benefit. Oh, you know okay. What I'm but yeah, he cooked. He cooked. Oh, okay. Chris of 42, he cooked too. Okay. Yeah. So we did a little cooking competition on the main stage, Kitchen A mm. stage back, you know, when I first started with him. And I was blessed to, you know, to be able to do it again through Chef Culture. Again, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those eco platforms where, you know, it's like, man, you know, we open up doors mm. and, you know, people walk through with all different, in all different walks of, life in the food and beverage industry, whether if it's not even food and beverage, whether if they just own, if they know anything about like how to get you licensed mm-hmm. for catering license or, you know, how to get you licensed for food handlers or whatever it is. I mean, you know, we, we they have the people in right. place. Okay. So dealing with that, dealing with, um, you know, again, just trying to, you know, keep work. <laughs> right, right, right. And because um, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for the end game at this point. Right. You know, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in a position where I can hang up the coat, but at the same time still put it on if I need to right. and keep myself, um, you know, in, you know, circulating. Right. Understood. All right. So if someone was trying to reach Chef T, how would they contact you? Ooh. Uh, social media. Okay. <laughs> you can do on my IG. You can go to IG at uh, Chef T Will. Okay. I got uh, my IG, um, Chef T Will Golf, because I'm going to be throwing a lot more content on there leading up to the golf tournament. We got the website being um, put up with my boy, my brother, <laughs> that's sitting over here on my side over here. And, um, okay. you know, so we're going to um, be putting up content about about that. And um, you can reach me at, yeah, just on my social Chef media. I'm on Facebook. Okay. I don't really do the Facebook that much, but. Just go to Instagram. Just Chef go to T Instagram. You know. be, be hungry before you put the name in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, a you lot know. of food on there. Let's yeah. Check it out, please. Um, and then, like I said, Chef T, will, will, he will be on the panel September 21st, Thoughts Over Coffee Live at Circle House Coffee. Uh, big shout out to the team over there at Circle House. Shout out to Stephen Tulloch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen's a great guy. Man. Yeah, he is, man. I got a chance to meet him. Oh, yeah? He's a really good dude, okay. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because when I first met him, I was supposed to be doing the food part, like in the the, uh, the grab and go. Yeah. But I just ain't have a facility to be uh, able to do it, and I didn't want to take that on. Right. And then, you know, like, man, and let him down like right. that. But he right. still was more like, man, what's good, man? Good to see you. Right. Because, I, you know, I went over there and had a meeting one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to my boy. I yeah, mean, he's doing something big. Man. That's bigger than Starbucks over yeah. there. Hey, way bigger than Starbucks. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, man, so September 21st, starts of a Coffee Live. Uh, tickets will be available. Very, very soon. Uh, so check that out. And uh, I guess 
without, uh, I don't think we have anything else to say, right? Uh, appreciate you guys for listening, as always, and you know how this goes. Peace. Blessings. Cheers. Cheers.